Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 20 of Beer Not the Podcast Quarantine Edition Adjunct Series. I can't believe we're at 20 episodes already. That's like, we've been here for a while, guys. We've been in the house for a while. Um, but this evening, this is our third episode of our Australian craft beer focus in a row, which is good. Doesn't happen that often, but it just worked out, so I'm super stoked. Um, if you watched our last Australian vlog, I think it would have been, it was from like March 2019, so that would have come out a few months after that, but we sat down with this gentleman briefly in the in the, uh, in the that vlog, sorry, not podcast, but we were planning on, I was hoping to get one in this year, we didn't come because COVID ruined the world, but we finally made it work. We have Derek Hales from Bad Shepherd Brewery. Derek, what up, bro? How's it going? Good, man. How's things? Uh, uh, yeah, all right. It's uh, pretty Saturday hectic, eh? morning here. A um, little, little hungover, but uh, <laughs> that's all right. All right, had a good Friday. So I love it. How's uh, how's the lockdown going for you guys? Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, geez, it's it's a mix. It's um, kind of a tale of two two worlds or two cities. On one side, we're selling beer like we're, our craft, our, our cans are up. I think uh, versus last year, nearly three hundred forty percent right now. So that's amazing. Um, like last year, we went from we did about six thousand cans over two months to. Um, over twenty thousand can um cartons. Sorry, six thousand cartons so up to over twenty thousand cartons. So it just exploded That's for insane. us. Um, yeah, but by the same token, because we're fully in lockdown here, we're selling zero cartons, literally zero. So okay. uh, sorry, zero kegs. Kegs. Um, okay. Yeah. So have yeah. you had to transfer um all the kegs into cans and package them somehow, or, or is that not really possible? No, not yet. But we might be looking at dumping some things. Okay. Um, so okay. We, had, um, we, we took a we took a hard look at it earlier, um, and well, we did the first. So the first lockdown we did actually, and then this time because we opened for about a month okay. in, in Australia, so you we got closed again. So this time we're kind of hoping we come out of it. We're not going to go through that a second time. Yeah. Because it was a lot of work to do it, and then Chris's deal risk and everything else. Um, we managed to keep the deal pick up really low when we did it, so we we're okay. But I, it's still a lot of work. I'd rather not. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. But, uh, okay. but yeah, it's, it's rough. And then the brew pubs, um, we're down because we can only do takeaway and delivery. Um, we're down about ninety percent year on year. Okay. So, um, like. It's basically nothing. There's a there's a stimulus program here called Job Keeper that um, keeps people employed. And if it wasn't for that, we would close our doors for sure. Because it, it's not even we don't even earn enough over our bar to pay the wages. So, so it's um, not even let alone it's no, not worth it. But Job Keeper's keeping it afloat, keeping people working. Um, so that's that's actually worked. Uh, we're probably the perfect example of the stimulus program in COVID working. So, yeah. So it's it's. Yeah, it, it's funny. It's we're doing really well on one side and doing poorly on yeah. the other, and kind of bouncing about even in the middle as a result. So. Okay, I mean, look, I guess during a time like this, it's like it's almost not quite unprecedented, but at least in our lifetimes, the fact that you can still stay afloat and be about the same is. Yeah, I guess you got to take that as a win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, a lot of people are doing a lot tougher. Yeah. Um, it's about the same on a, in 
this is this, there were no trade secrets about this, but it's about the same on a revenue basis. On a uh, profit basis, it's really hard. But again, the stimulus package is helping. So, profit on um, cartons in small small breweries is uh, about half that of kegs, and then um, is a carton and then profit a case? Is it a carton? Yeah, a case. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Slabs. 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 There you go. So hang on. I'm trying I to even think. Say two four. <laughs> <laughs> two four. I'm trying to think. Where's Carton from? Is that Canadian or is that Aussie? That's probably Bad Shepherd speak. <laughs> okay. Because I'm um, not too we, sure. We would say cases or slabs here, and then obviously two four is there. So yeah, you know, I, I I need a beer. I need a beer. That would uh, help. There you go. Um, what do you show us what you're drinking first? There you go. Oh, the Vic Pale. Or Victoria Pale L, which is a top selling beer. That is a cracker of a beer. I think I came when I was there, I got some from you last year, and it was uh, delightful because it was the first one I ever had that's all Victorian, all the malt, the, the um, obviously the water, the, the hops, and, and every yeast, everything local, which is super sick. Not surprised yeah. it's uh, top selling. Um, I am rocking this. Where is the camera here? This is uh, a Hellas Lager from uh, Cinquième Baron in uh, Gatineau, just outside of uh, Ottawa. This is the Hellas. Pretty sick. We went mm. up there the first time uh, we, because we're in Montreal, we hadn't left our area in since March. We hadn't been to a brew pub since March, and a couple of days ago we went up there to see our friend Wex there, and. Um, it was nice because we were shook, man. Like I was like, man, like you have to leave the house to go to your business, right? Our business yeah. is this living room, so so you can't leave. No, we just don't need to leave, and we don't right. own a vehicle because we don't need to. So we just hadn't been, and I just Montreal. I don't know if you, I, for people who don't know, Derek, you you're Canadian, you're from Ontario, Northern Ontario, but and we'll get to that. But um, Quebec had fifty percent of the cases in Canada, and Montreal had more than fifty percent of the cases in Quebec. So this was the New York of Canada. Wow. So the and that's tight say so out of it was over a hundred thousand cases. So there was fifty thousand in Quebec and I think it was twenty six something thousand in Montreal. So people here don't give a fuck, man. They're just wiling. They just and the park I can see the park from my balcony. People are just chilling all the time. When it was like peak uh crazy time, people just didn't care. So I yeah. was like you're not catching me near any patios or going near anywhere. But um when we went up now it's you know it's calmed down a little bit. Up, up there, up north a bit, it was like more chill, and it was it was nice. It felt really safe. Everyone was was super chill and keeping their distance, and everything was clean. So I felt good about it. It was it was nice to actually uh, get out and, and drink somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, leave your home, right? Yeah, because we just go to the supermarket and stuff. That's about it. Um, we're going to be getting comments through because we're live on YouTube as well. So Mick Mick the Middleman says, "Oh, here we go. Hey, bro, what up, Mick? Mick is from the uh, Sunday Sesh podcast up in Brisbane. We had them on a couple weeks ago. Oh, cool. Do you know those dudes? Nope. No. Well, you guys. I guess are you. I do. I'm sorry, Mick. Mm. <laughs> I'm terrible with name, <laughs> but maybe. Hey, man. So. You meet a lot of people. Um, yeah. Do you guys distro? Are you guys distro much outside of Victoria? No, we're starting to now because of because of COVID, both in terms of demands of our slobs, um, and uh, <laughs> and to try to find a way to sell some kegs. So gotcha. Um, but prior to COVID, I would say less than one percent of our like it, it may be a half pallet or a few kegs here and there where people would really order something special. But no. but now we do. Um, we're in WA. We're in uh, a little bit in Adelaide. We're in Sydney. We're in Brisbane, a little bit in bottle shops. Okay. And we're actually on in Darwin and Alice Springs. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? 
so, um, so, so I, I didn't even know what happened. We got this um, Santa's Wee's keg stars, which is like a a uh, like a rent hire hire keg, and you stop paying for it when it's delivered to a venue. And I got this this delivery receipt um, saying Northern Territory two kegs like, to what? some bar, and I said no. And I and I said <laughs> to um, to our warehouse manager, I said you need to fix that. There's no way that's our keg. And then the next the next. Hey, uh, my sales manager said to me, oh, you know, so we're on top in Darwin now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> How like, does that happen? <laughs> I mean, that's a good sign, bro. The, the word is spreading. Yeah. The word is spreading. Yeah. I think that's a great yeah. thing. For people who don't know, that's what, what. how could you compare that to, say, North American geography for people to know how far Darwin is from Melbourne? Oh, geez. I suppose if you're in Toronto, it would be like being on top in Yellowknife, I guess. Wow. Or, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's impressive. It's a, it's a sizable distance. I've never been to that one. Like I've heard good things. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, man. I love it. Yeah. So let's yeah. get the uh, the history out the way so people know what's going on. So tell us uh, you know, uh, how you got into beer, how you ended you know, a Canadian northern Canadian, northern Ontarian boy ended up in uh, Melbourne yeah. and how the damn brewery started, brother. Yeah, right. So um well we I moved to Australia in 2006. I am from Northern Ontario, a little small town called Manitowage. Uh, born in Sault Ste. Marie, but I grew up in Manitowage. Um, it's near Thunder Bay, basically. And, yes, sir. Um, but I've been in Southern Ontario for some time, working in um, in uh, finance at, um, at Craft Foods. And an opportunity came up to transfer for a year out to uh, Australia to work at Craft. And so I took it. Um, came out to Australia, worked here for a year. Uh, renewed my visa because the, the opportunity basically continued. Um, and while I was here, I met um, my wife Didi, who um, was also at Crafts, so Hallway Romance, and, um, and we spent, uh, yeah, the best uh, ones. Yeah, it was it was a quick covert. It was pretty funny. It was the world's worst but, um, <laughs> you guys didn't hide it too well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we uh, we spent um, we spent. Probably, yeah, a few years um, dating there and, and kind of we both were working there for a while and then uh, we both left. Um, we left first um, and went to Origin, a, a gas company here, and then I took a, a redundancy package um, and at the same time was planning to start a brewery. Um, and so I, I quit at, uh, took a redundancy package at, at, at Crafts, which had to come on the lease, and, um, and started looking at starting a brewery. Um, I'd always wanted to start my own thing. Um, my passion has been craft beer for some time. Um, kind of got into it through home brewing back in 2010. There's no surprise there. Probably every small brewery out there, <laughs> or nearly every one of that. Sorry. Were you doing but, uh, that in Canada, or was it just an Aussie? No. You kind of discovered beer, craft beer in Australia. Yeah, it was. It was a home brewing kit in 2010. Um, somebody gave it to me as a gift, and um, and I just started brewing and fell in love. They got the bug and couldn't stop brewing. I went from one kit to uh, at one point I think I had um, six different um, six cowboys? different different brewing at the time, and I just I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> stop. I was, I was obsessed. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I, I just decided that something I really want to do. Um, I went and spent uh, two years. Um, basically interning at uh, Mornington Peninsula Brewery, which is a larger nice. craft brewery here. Who was that? Um, was that under AG? What? Yeah, you yeah. know AG. I, we interviewed, yeah, yeah. he was my first Australian podcast um, oh, back no in way. 2016, like randomly. He's a great dude. And he moved to the the new, um, what's it called? Yeah, the, two Bays. Two Bays. He's, he's back at Mornington now. He's so, back? Okay, um, what, what happened there? 
well, he's not. He's back at Mornington's base. So it's all changed here now. So Mornington sold or was acquired by Tribury, Tribury, which is a larger crop brewery again, um, and they rolled them up. Um, but then they closed the, their larger production facility and then their, their brew pub. Tribe owns uh, Stockade in Stockade. Um, okay, sounds familiar. Sort of sounds familiar. Yeah. Anyway, so they they, they acquired Mornington. Uh, Mornington had a brew pub and then a large production facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the original owner of Mornington bought back the brew pub facility and started a new place. Um, and they closed the production faci- facility. So Mornington Peninsula Brewery, which is a very popular touristy touristy kind of destination, is actually brewed in Sydney now. So it's a bit <laughs> all the bit beer, weird. all the beer that. Uh, I don't. I can't say for sure. So okay, probably the package stuff. Exactly. Maybe but they're closed. They, they, they don't have a production facility here anymore. So they're not brewed at their own place, and what they is, do own production facilities in Sydney. So I would assume uh, they're brewed in Sydney. So but, the production, the, sorry, the brew pub is still in Mornington on that little factory street. The yeah, but it's no longer there. So the original guy that started Mornington and sold the tribe bought that place back and started the new place. I can't remember what it's called. So he um, owns. He's so he sold the thing and then ended up buying just the the space back. But the brand, the brand moved to Sydney, which yep. is the funny. Production facilities are closed as well. It's been sold to Hot Nation now. So, but they don't. It's a this Mornington does not have a footprint per se as a brand in Victoria. It's a bit weird. But, and it's a uh, place name. That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, AG moved to, to um, two bays and then he came back and now he's the brewer at that brew pub. So he's gone back to the home base. Right. I think it's called like Tar Flats or Brewing or something. It's Tar or something. But, All right. Yeah. Anyway. That's fascinating. Yeah. But I did. I, um, I trained under, um, under AG for a couple of years. Um, great guy to learn from. I can um, imagine, yeah. Learned a ton. Could be him. Yeah, I was gonna say he um, he was super cool guy. He seemed like really like experienced. He knew his shit. Like that would have been a great guy to train under. Yeah, yeah. He's um, he can, he can be grumpy though. I'll, uh... <laughs> I can see that too. I can see him grumpy. Everyone's nice to me, no, so I don't get to see it like the other thing, you know. Yeah, no, he's a great guy. Actually, he's probably the perfect guy to learn from, and, and yeah. he's been so kind to me since we got going. Since that, that's um, great. Uh, yeah, so I spent two years there, um, and that was before I took the redundancy at Mondelez. I was really making a play to start a place. I knew I did. I had the training, put the business plan together, got redundancy, um, found a place, and said this is something I really want to do. So um, so basically put my life savings into um, starting a, a brew pub. There weren't many brew pubs in Australia at the time. Um, so what year was in this? Melbourne. Uh, 2015. Okay. Yeah, lease the place in 2014, opened in 2015. There's probably – there's still not that many brew pubs in Melbourne. It's underdeveloped, but there's, there's a lot more now. But okay. at the time, there was a few cellar door or kind of tap bar arrangements, but not with a full kitchen and an actual brew pub. Um, they I think Temple might have been the only one at the time. Um, okay. But, yeah, so we, we, um, we opened in 2015 uh, with an American barbecue uh, restaurant. Um, and a, and a craft brewery attached to the back of it. So, um, it's, it's not a huge place, probably so about just under 500 square meters. I don't know if that isn't feet. I should, that's Canadian, but we're, nah. we're confused. We don't know from like, Imperial. Yeah. Canada. Um, it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, not a huge facility, but big enough to have a 
production place at 130 seat venue. Um, so all American barbecue, we got a really good smoker in there and, uh, and a great menu. And then um, we launched with about four or five beers and we've grown slowly, slowly, slowly. And now we're probably doing about 20 different uh, limiteds a year. And yes. then we are, our core range is about nine or ten beers, so it's much larger now. But that's probably indicative of the industry, and yeah. there's just so many different avenues. And you know, innovation is really what drives your business and, and craft beer. So yeah, yeah. But uh, okay. here we are today, five years later, still standing in a weird world, but we're right. still standing. So. <laughs> hey, man, that's great. That's super cool. It's it's probably pretty rare that like you would have. I just thought it was amazing when we connected that it was a, Can- a Canadian in Melbourne actually studying a brewery and making it work particularly in the area that you're in there's not a lot around there either in um south no. what's the area called again i'm having a blank uh it's in cheltenham, cheltenham. um close. So, but it's the bayside suburb so it's in the southeast so, right yeah we're um we're actually the only brew pub um like it, it's geographically advantaged in a big way for the melbourne i guess demographics because okay. we this kind of a main artery uh, called the Nepean Highway. It goes all the way down from the southeast of Melbourne. And um, on one side, it's not like the bad and good side of the tracks. It's not that extreme. But um, the beach side of that highway, um, the property value is much higher. The demographics are much more affluent people. Um, and we are on that side of it. Um, so we are the only um, uh, cellar door or even crappery of any arrangement on that side of the Nepean Highway. Um, and it goes for a good probably... I say like maybe 60 kilometers off the oh, way down. Yeah, I don't know. It goes all the way. Does it go all the way down to damn near like Rosebud and stuff? Or is it not that far? It I'd go at least Frankston. Yeah, at least the Frank, yeah. which is it's just a fair way from Melbourne. Yeah. So, and the whole way, there's no um, there's no other crop around that side. So, it is geographically advantaged. Um, and so, our uh, walk up populace isn't huge, but it's pretty significant and our drive up from uh from the right target market is really big and we don't actually have anybody else to compete with so um it, it's good that way um right not in covid but yeah we we certainly have a, a large following so yeah that's great you were you were canning uh from the beginning or were you sort of was it a brew pub operation yeah. bottles at the start but um god i'm glad the world's changed the cans um <laughs> bottles are a nightmare so eh? fuck <laughs> yeah yeah, they were so hard. But um, so we started in bottles for the first. We bought our canning line this year in January, but we had already moved to cans, and we were using a mobile canning company. So okay. um, I think we we started our transition in the range about two, well, no, three years ago we started. Two years ago, probably half of our range had moved to cans, and then by twelve months ago, we were fully in cans. So. Um, and um, and that that was the end of it. But we didn't actually buy our canning line until we, we bought it in. It arrived in January. It was full of commission and going by February. So I don't think that in terms of payback for an asset, goodness, like we couldn't have hit the hit that any better. <laughs> we just sweated the hell out of it, you know, canning everything we make now. So and that would have been quite expensive with uh, the mobile canning company. So yeah. I think time that quickly. So, Pro- it probably yeah. would have been hard to get in that much as well. Now I bet they run off their feet. Yeah. So, yeah, I imagine they, they must be booked like right out, right? Have so, to have been, yeah. Um, yeah, so you'd be you'd either be contracting your your products then, or uh, I don't know what. I don't even do. know what you have. You'd have to either just buy one and dish up the cash, which it must be. I, I don't think that I know they're minimum six figures, right? They usually start around for the small hundred uh, yeah, k. Our, our 
pushing 300. So yeah. two, north of 250 anyway. So Which yeah. Um, and crazy. Yeah. And the thing is, you also need commissioning and installation support. And depending upon where they're coming from and, and who you've got, like that's a bit hard to do right now, right? So because travel's, well, it's impossible internationally. So you'd need somebody with boots on the ground and they would have to be, at least here, because we're fully in lockdown, they'd have to be in Melbourne. They'd right. have to have the right skill. But, like that's that's a tough Tough thing to pull off, right? Yeah. You know? are, are people allowed to? So for people who don't know, Melbourne's in a, a serious lockdown for six weeks. You're probably a little yeah. over halfway through now? Yeah, we are. So um, Melbourne, I guess, sounds a lot like Montreal, what you guys went through. So um, I don't know the numbers, but it's, I'd imagine, similar. So I think it's 100,000, 50, 50. So roughly 25,000 in Montreal, sounds like. I would think we're a bit less, not a lot. Um, and they've all been in the past two months. It's just we yeah. Melbourne had, really had COVID under control. Like, you guys had really. a thousand cases, I remember, in the whole country when we were like being shat on. I was like, man, you guys are killing. This is great. And, yeah. And all yeah. our friends there are just drinking on patios and going to restaurants. Like everything's normal. And then boom, it's just like yeah, yeah. But it's only been Melbourne, Sydney a little bit. Um, the rest of the country's fine. Um, hmm. like WA's, there, there, there's no restrictions at all. Definitely. Completely removed, so they're just right back to normal. But here, um, it got really bad. We got to a point where we're getting um, north to 700 cases a day um, yeah. in the city, so it was pretty bad. Um, so they implemented a lockdown, very, very extreme, um, near uh, quite draconian. They, um, they, so we have a curfew. Um, can't yeah. be out past 8 p.m. <laughs> 8 till 5 yeah. a.m. Right? That's yeah, pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Yeah. That one's hard. I've been curious though, like because I, I live um, close to a brewery, so um, near the Nepean Highway, and, and I've been curious. I've always wanted to sneak out at like you know nine thirty and just walk over and see if there's any cars on the road. Right? See what's but going the, on. Is it worth sixteen hundred dollar fine? No, no, sixteen hundred. Shit. Yeah, yeah, sixteen hundred dollar fine. Are you so the curfew? It is quite draconian in that sense. I understand they had they, they did New Zealand level uh, procedures yeah. in to get a hold of it, which I think is really really smart. Even though they got a bunch of new cases, now they were kind of the poster child for how to do it yeah. uh, in the world. Yeah. Even over here, everyone's talking about they need to do it like New Zealand did. We never yeah. had to put it. We did not have that man. We yeah, I think it was a time. They just said, like, just go out of the house if you only need to go to the supermarket or the drugstore right. or whatever. Like, otherwise, don't leave. And that's kind of how we've been behaving. So it seemed kind of yeah. fine. But, like, the curfew, like, when is there any circumstances that anybody can leave the house between those? Yeah. So, so during the day, you can leave. You, you can legally re- leave for four reasons. You can leave to um, for shopping for essential goods, yep. um, which is defined as supermarkets. Um, well, food and drink, so it includes bottle shops, but um, a, or liquor stores. Right. Yeah. You can say bottle shops, right? Yeah. <laughs> they get used. Um, to it. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, food. Drink. Um, so um, uh, pharmacies. So any essential goods shopping is one um, for maximum one hour of exercise a day, um, and you can only be with one other person. Okay. Um, and. To for work if you are an essential employee, um, and then for care, and that's it. So um, okay. that's it. There's no other reason you can leave, um, and they're giving out like one of finds a day to people. There, I mean, it's pretty easy to say you're going to care for somebody. Like that. It's it's actually easy to lie. Um, so you know, kind of the lowest common denominator of people are 
you're either shove it in the face or it's too stupid to lie. Not that I would. I've been following this, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. So these people are getting to find I wonder how it gets to that point. But um, anyway, um, yeah, so there's four reasons to leave. So okay. past 8 p.m., the reason would be for care. Like if you have to go, obviously, for an emergency in terms of care or um, for work. If you're an essential employee and those are your hours of work. Okay, but so, otherwise, um, so and you have to have masks on when you leave your house. So I like that. Um, they should have done that yeah. so long ago. They didn't do that here until I don't know. I can't remember when it was, but it was way later than a lot of other places. Like the yeah. you know enforcing masks. I, I imagine they've got the laws there now where you ha if it's indoor anywhere you have to wear a mask. Is that you guys have that? It's, you leave your home. Doesn't matter indoor or outdoor. I don't know about the rest oh. of Australia. The second you leave your property, unless you're exercising, um, you have to have a mask on or you have to have a medical reason not And that has to be, I believe, okay. you need to have a certificate for it. Hmm. Um, and if you're an employee, you also need a work permit. So you can't just say you're an essential employee. You need a permit um, issued by your um, company. Um, so we do that, and we have a responsibility to log that for the government. So, um, so I... I permit to all the people that and i'd justify even some of them i had to justify why um they could or couldn't work out of their home so like my sales manager or myself or um, our marketing manager i've had to tell them you just have to stay home i, I can't give you a permit because i stand to get a thirty thousand dollar fine if Whoa. i break this yeah okay so sorry i'm sorry a thousand dollar fine and then it's a thirty thousand dollar fine if you flagrantly break it to a person it's a hundred thousand dollar fine business if you like, flagrantly break it. So I think it's re you're really throwing it in the face. But a standard fine is ten thousand to the company and sixteen hundred dollars to the individual if wow. you break the rule. That is so, no joke, yeah. eh? Yeah, they're taking it quite serious and they're issuing a lot of fines. Like I said, there's a lot of stupid, people. but it's not hard. Just stay home. Like I don't know. Yeah, man. It's the only way to stop this. Like, it's been pissing me off the whole time. We've been, we've really stuck to it, and I keep seeing yeah. people say, like, yeah, yeah, I'm taking it serious. And I see that as soon as they people are out on patios or just doing all this shit, going to people's houses, and that's the thing. Yeah. It's not even the patios that are the problem. It's the it's the gatherings inside private residences that are yeah. is ruining everything. So, yeah, I'm I'm just with the same. I'm I'm get I'm kind of frustrated at all the people who didn't do it and the all of those that sort of selfish is no i mean i just have to like you have to be out you have to see your friend you have to like yeah. let's just kill this shit so then we can move on with our lives businesses yeah. can go yeah. on and, and everything else but you know i guess humans are inherently selfish and they're not you know particularly in this western world they're not yeah. used to doing something that they don't want to do i guess so it really creates all these conspiracy theories how to blame yeah man. the fact like, that is that is putting a lot of people and actually killing a lot of people that's all it is it's a virus and we can stop being a dick and stop blaming falsehoods and, and ridiculous <laughs> yeah man so it's so cool and people make it so complicated and it just yeah particularly the mask thing the mask thing's the one that pissed me off a lot yeah. like, i'm like it's look, are they good to wear no it's fucking annoying i don't like it but yeah is it does it help of course so shut up and do it you just shut up and do it yeah. like i just i look yeah. i i'm used to be before conspiracy theories went right wing which it never was like i'm talking like 17 years ago when i got into it it was m yeah. way more left wing and all of a sudden just over time it just moved up the scale it's shifted <laughs> hey, hey? Oh, let me show you something actually yeah, yeah. Uh, why uh, no. uh, i've got um i've got a, a bad shepherd mass and they're actually really cool 
Oh, hang on, sir. Oh, yeah, show us that. Whilst uh, Derek's looking for that, uh, Steve-O says, G'day, boys. G'day, Steve. How you doing, mate? Oh, Lee, plenty cars on the roads after 9 p.m. last night. Uh, that go. is wild, actually. I like that. It's uh, a little, hang on. There we go. Oh, that's nice. That's branding, bro. I love that. Someone actually <laughs> just asked in the comments before. They asked for the Bad Shepherd website, so I just popped it in there to buy merch. Can you buy them on their on your website? People can purchase the masks and stuff? Uh, they will by next week. By next week. So um, who was it? Let me just scroll back up. Sports and Brews. Uh, the website I posted in there, I just while you were talking earlier, I Googled it and found it. So the merch is on the website, but next week you better get the masks. Um, and Lee. Lee jumped on. Lee said there was plenty cars on the road after 9 p.m. last night. So... I, really? I imagine that would probably be the the essential folks that what you're talking about, probably. Otherwise, yeah. like, I don't know. It's kind or of wild. Dick. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little crazy. But the curfew thing, like, I do understand, like, you don't want the government to overstep too much because it could lead into some dark shit. But I don't yeah. know. This is real. People are dying. I know people. My cousin had it in Melbourne. They had it. His whole family got it. Early, early yeah. on too, like I know people who've I've got friends who have had friends who've died from it. There's a bunch of people like you know, I don't know. It's it's just real. So like whatever we can do to get rid of it would be nice. They were um, pretty sick, but they they recovered. But yeah, they both they both got it too. So. Wow. Do you, do you know what the worst shit is though? And this is what I say to people because I, I the number one thing from the sorry. Dumb is this one. How dumb is this one? Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I was like, you're defeating the purpose. <laughs> what, what? Really? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I mean, no. yeah. <laughs> that, honestly, that shit is, is completely ridiculous. The worst thing, though, people who were complaining about it say, um, uh, fuck, I lost it. They were talking about the government overstepping the mask. Fuck, I had a – it'll come back to me. Lee just commented again. He said he thinks they're essential, but he was surprised at how many people. So I, I guess yeah. it depends how broad the essential. Um, yeah, could it be like the drivers from you know restaurants that because I think technically we could, we close, but you, you could, could do takeaway, right? We got Uber drivers. Yeah. Um, I guess, and then yeah, people that work you know long hours or you know through the the, the twenty four hour shifts are. are um, you know what? And stuff I think if if here is anything to to sort of base it on, I reckon it's the the deliveries, like the Uber Eats and stuff. Like we yeah. never ordered so much Uber Eats, like because we we're like, fuck, we want to support the local restaurants. So yeah. we tried to do it once or twice a week, um, and you know, and whether we we went, hopefully tried to go for the black owned restaurants as well. After all the social justice stuff's happening here, um, my girlfriend's Jamaican who co-hosts me, so you know it's important to us. That you know that we support that as well. So I think there's just so many the Uber drivers. I really think they're the ones who are um, yeah doing the street. Yeah, are, it's the, they're the ones that can get you things right. So. Yeah, and like they're putting themselves on the line too for everybody to to make sure that you get your food and you get your whatever you're ordering. So yeah. Hey, do you have a lot of um, core? Like I was just thinking, because we, we online shop everything now. So I'm just wondering, like every time I look in our garage, this pile of core getting in. Like, is every house across the world just piled up with more and more boxes? Because I bet. Yeah, I think so. I really think so, man. There's so many things. I'm just even looking over at my pile of boxes right now. I just use them for recycling. I just like 
to open them up and just fill them up with the recycling. I used to have another box yeah, for it. Yeah. Now I just fill it up and take that downstairs and boom. You know, so yeah. I, I bet there's something. I saw something the other day. There was people got busted for stealing cardboard because you can take the cardboard and get money for it somewhere. I forgot what it was and they were breaking into businesses and stealing cardboard. It was hilarious. Um, I remember what I was mad about though. It was the um, people who were saying that like, look, oh, it's like point, you know, 2% of people die from it and but like it's and it's just a fucking flu and like dude it's not the point like it's not about the people who die if you look at the overall population it's not it's not even that it's even it's just the fact that it spreads much worse than the flu does that's the problem that it spreads and two um they're discovering all this stuff about the after um the other problems so like there's like heart and lung issues that are coming up and i've we've got my my dad died of heart issues so if i got the shit I'd be really concerned for anything else to mess with the heart. You know, if you got if you got someone in your family, yeah. you know, if anyone has any of those things in the family, they don't know enough about it. So it's more just like people will just kind of act like they're not scared of it, and it's like, yeah, hey, whatever. Yeah. More like, I, like you want to live your life, and I totally get it because I don't. You know, normally we'd be traveling. We'd be in. We were supposed to be in England right now, and yeah. going all across Europe and stuff. That was the plan from the start of the year. We had everything good. That's why we ended up going to Australia and stuff. But um. Yeah, that's the thing that annoys me the most. But hopefully now, at least, yeah. this, the, your government there has taken a strong enough stance to. You know, yeah, they are. They are, and um, hopefully, hopefully, it comes good. Um, man. Looks like New Zealand came too. Like um, it got bad, but I read something yesterday saying like they only had ten new cases yesterday, and they were confident they knew the origin of all of them or something. So I think, you know, they they stepped up again. That prime minister, man, she she's great. Doesn't, eh? take, doesn't take any shit. She just doesn't. <laughs> And she's decisive. She's and she's like, man, that's um. I don't even know if she's is she left or right. I don't even. She's just going like. To yeah, me. that's a good point. I'd love to know if she. I just I've seen what she's done, and to me, I'm like, oh my god, like that's yeah. That that's what every leader is doing. Just like you know what, I'm here to do a job. Yep. You're all fucking put down, and we're gonna get this done. <laughs> And shut up. That's it. Shut yeah. up. We're doing this. And I feel like I bet I heard, I heard the, uh, what's the word? Like the uptake, if that's the word, from New Zealanders. They were just like, all right. They, they wasn't, I don't think they were like marches. Even here in Montreal, we had those dickheads marching about not wearing Mali. My buddy, you know, like, shut the fuck up, man. How, like, I just don't understand what's, you know, do you really want to try and fill the hospitals and stuff? Just where, it's just not that crazy. So I feel yeah. like maybe because she was decisive and like, this is what's happening. And there's only what five million people there or something, four to five. Yeah. So they were yeah. able to get nice community buy-in. So there was no yeah. pushback, or at least if there was pushback, it would be minimal. I don't imagine yeah. New Zealand being kind of more leftish. I feel like they're intelligent, and I don't associate intelligence yeah. with. <laughs> right, with... you feel me, bro? You feel me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I probably. Yeah. yeah, I just feel but, like the. It's just more an interesting thing to me because, you know, often I think we all have cognitive dissonance and, amount and clear bias relative to our own political leanings. That's just how it happens. Yeah. I was thinking, I have no idea what her her, her political bias is or, or what, what, what she stands for. I just saw what she did. And I'm like, I don't yeah, care yeah. if she's left or right. She just was fucking awesome. Like, that was yeah. Good. That was, yeah. Um, I'm going to – I'm just Googling it now. Uh, what let New Zealand – Prime Minister Party. She's from the New Zealand Labour Party. So that's left, right? Left, yeah. So yeah. if that's the same as Australia, which is also kind of weird. That- Man, does that mean – because I, I actually personally lean left. Um, 
So I just wonder if maybe that's why I've liked her. Now I kind of wished she was right, and that would make me feel really good. Like I'm like, but oh well. So maybe my own personal bias. It would. I just. <laughs> it would know. be good to see someone on the because it's usually who are the ones complaining. It's always. I mean, we watch as you know, growing up here, a lot of the um, the news and stuff we get here in Canada is from the states. They yeah. don't focus as much on locals. So I actually, I know more about what's happening there than I do locally. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy, right? Okay, so you know the deal. So then we always see these great older people in the states, and all the people who are always marching about not wearing yeah. masks and open up the businesses and and send them to schools. They're always Republicans. They're always right wing. Yeah. So I yeah. I just can't imagine that any sort of liberal or left wing ish or at least left leaning, even if it's centrist, left leaning or whatever. I I can't yeah. imagine them, um, you know, being the ones to kick it up a stink. So. It kind yeah. of makes more sense. Probably the it would is with, and look, I, I want to be really clear. I got myself in trouble with this before. I fully support Black Lives Matter. I'm yes. not good. But the mass demonstrations generally tend to be more left-leaning people. Um, and so that's probably the place where they are also um, choosing to demonstrate or do things that can cause risks. So, yeah. So, <sighs> yeah. And that might be a broad brush. It might, I'm sure there's right-leaning people that are also demonstrating. But in terms of demonstrating for rights, usually left-leaning people. For the most so, part, yeah. For the majority, I would yeah. imagine. Unless they're like sensible conservatives. Because there are sensible conservatives. Yeah. We just see the crazy ones on, on – they're the ones who get yeah. the press. Um, so yeah. Steve said my question disappeared. Yes, it did, Steve. I didn't see any question, bro. Just the, just the get a thing. So – Chuck that in there again. But yes, uh, like the protest stuff, I saw a lot of people and usually it's the people kind of showing who they are, showing their colors. Like, look, the, I think it's almost like it's two things. I don't know if those protests cause any spikes because they were in every city. And we, I don't yeah. think Montreal saw a spike. I don't think Toronto saw any spikes from having those protests. I know Melbourne, which made me very proud. They were marching for indigenous rights and stuff like that. I thought that was sick. Yeah. Is it the time for it? Fuck no. But what, what, when's a good time for human rights? Exactly. And if it's right and it's getting the attention, I understand and I fully support yeah. it. I understand. I'm not supporting it. Um, by not, I didn't even know I did. I shared a video on something that I thought was really horrible. And it turned out to be from some guy that runs a right wing nut job thing. And I had like three friends in Canada. And they go, do you know what you just did? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I believe it. And I had to put something up saying, look, that is not me. I didn't know. I just saw something really bad and i shared it and so and it's one of those it's just you can you trip over things so quickly yes um, by offending others with something anyway but yeah i, I got out of it <laughs> that's the only way man as long as you put it up they go shit my bad and it's gone so yeah. speaking of that you're yeah. are you familiar with the black is beautiful beer uh collab from uh, weathered souls who put that out there did you see that no no actually. okay fuck well this is great um do you have, do, can you just grab if a black is beautiful can? Yeah, thank you. So basically, this is a brewery in Austin, not Austin, I'm sorry, San Antonio, Texas, called Weathered Souls. Um, one of yep. the owners and the head brewer, Marcus, he's, a, uh, he's an African-American man. And you, do, you remember the other half, All Together collab? Are you familiar with that? No. no. Oh, shit. Okay. So other half in Brooklyn, they did this collaboration called, and they call it a collaboration, a worldwide collaboration called All Together. And it came out in like April, uh, May. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. 
Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so the idea they give yeah, the profits. Everybody was brewing. That's it. Everyone did yeah. it. Exactly. At the same time, uh, the profits went to uh, hospitality charities and, and to yeah. you know keep help all the bartenders and servers and waitresses yeah. and cooks and all that shit, right? Uh, now, in response to the – thank you, babe. In response to the uh, social justice stuff, this is one of the, the versions the, from Nickelbrook. No, it's not. Is this one? This is from Nickelbrook in Ontario, in Burlington, Ontario. So, oh, Nickelbrook. I love Nickelbrook. Yeah, yeah cool. you know that? Yeah. So they're good people. shirts. Yeah. Yeah. They, say they, they got so much better. Their logo. Oh, is it on here? Yeah. The logo is a lot nicer now. Is it going to do it? Yeah, you go. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. it up. So thank you, babe. Oh, yes. I'll, def oh, yes, I'll definitely drink that. I'm at me. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, you can have one. Oh, you know, you have it. You have it. You have it. Um, so basically, that collaboration, what it is, it's an Imperial Stout, um, exactly the same concept as the other half one. And it doesn't have to, actually, that was only 6.3%. So it can be Imperial, it can be barrel aged, it could be whatever you want. And um, the idea is the profits go to social justice and racial equity charities. So um, huh. it's, it's the, there's one brewery in Melbourne that did it, which is Dollar Bill. Um, I mentioned it. I, you know, I got. A, I know a handful of people well enough in Australia. I messaged, you know, Mister Banks about it because Chris is a good mate and things like that. But basically, it, it's sort of like a. I don't think the message spread as widely because yeah. it, even though there were protests across the world and it was what a lot of people were talking about and thinking about for a while, it didn't spread. But it's um, Black is Beautiful Beer is the website, and um, it's it's a pretty cool idea. And it doesn't have to just be like now you have to do it. You can do it once a month you could do it once a year right. you could just do it one time and never do it again i guess but it's one way to sort of show solidarity with um you know and you give it to local charities the whole point is to keep it local so if there's local charities that that we could be you know helped by those yeah. funds that generated from that beer then you're able to um you know donate it to, to those in the exact same way that all together donated to the hospitality charities and stuff so i would i'm I'm gonna look into that because we've we've talked about what we could do and we it's just hard because I don't I don't know what to do. I support it and I don't know it's not fair. Like you need to and that's where you know that's where our own um, uh, privilege comes in. Like it doesn't matter. Then do something and you know anything is and so on. I, I've been remiss in that and I need to do something. So um, I'm gonna look into that. Yeah, man. I think that's awesome. Like. It, there's no like you got to do something, and and I like it's a terrible time to be protesting, but the fact it's finally making a change is incredible. And Amen. so therefore, to me, this is so when you got to say just do it, like it's okay, like it's because it's actually happening for the first. So many, so many times you look back to the Rodney King thing and all that, like just so many little pulses, and then everybody just goes back to their, their life. This time, I think the big shift has been, you know what? No. You don't just kind of let this go. We all take responsibility. Not just, hey, that's bad, and I can understand why there's a little riot. No, we all we all own it, and we all need to step up and have a conversation and do something, right? And that's hundred uh, percent. It's it's awesome. I love it. I think it's it's so overdue. The danger part has not been that because there has not been problems with that. And if there were, again, I think we would understand there was problems for COVID. What I worry about is. The broken windows thing where people then start to think well if they can i can and then i'm having a party at my house because of that happened and you know and i think we again it goes back to privilege you got to realize there's a reason this one thing is happening 
it's not a green light to change your lifestyle and disrespect the fact that COVID is a problem, you know, yeah. and that's like, it's not hard to understand that, you know, but I think a lot of people are using it as a reason, an excuse yeah. to guard rules, you know? So. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a good point because that's where it starts. You see other people you're like, oh, well, I'm okay to do that stuff. Yeah. And it just keeps yeah. going and going and then we just never get rid of it. And it's just like such an interesting it's been the wildest year ever with all of these crazy things going on at once. You can barely keep track of anything. And yeah. you know, just when you think COVID might be chilling out, then it comes back and then you guys were great yeah. and then going into now a serious lockdown. Here, as you know, people are about to go back to school in um September. That concerns me greatly. Because you think about children. We saw the other day we were going for a walk uh, and we saw a bunch of um, – I don't know if they do it in Australia, but you might remember here. They, they have like say they're like f- three or four years old, tiny little kids, and they, they tie them all together with these little straps and the, the teachers walk them around the neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah I've seen that here too. <laughs> you see that? Okay. It's super cute. It's funny. But I'm like – I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh, like y'all aren't – like you guys are just going – if anyone gets it, if anything happens, like it's- – Everyone's well, screwed. Their parents, then yeah. their grandparents, the teachers, anyone working there. It's like it's a it's a nightmare waiting to happen. And I understand as well the other problem with my friends. My father calls them little grenades. Little grenades <laughs> for that reason. Like an explosion. Yeah. That's yeah. a great analogy because that's basically what it is. But I was talking to my, one of my friends who's one of the main beer writers here in Quebec, and he has two kids. Him uh, both he and his wife work. They're working from home, but he's like. I'd have to quit my job to keep an eye on his kids are so young. They're like six or seven and four, three or four, something like that. Like young enough where they need attention constantly. So right. they both have to leave their jobs to uh, adequately homeschool their children. So they have to send them to school. So then it puts them in a position where they don't really have a choice. And I feel like a lot of people are in a, in a similar situation, even if they do have a decent amount of income and they can afford some other alternative at the end of the day though like sending them out of the house every day around all these other kids and then the, and yeah. i don't know it's just a recipe for disaster man what what's the deal in australia yeah. i guess it's uh winter time there so everyone's in school or they they pulled everyone out of school right yeah the schools are closed okay um essential i think it's the same thing about essential workers at least with daycares um and kinders i think there's yeah i think kinders are still it be like uh preschool in Canada, I think. But yeah, um, so but basically younger kids, I think they're still essential workers. I think the rest of them, I think it's fully closed. I think they're all learning from home even with essential workers. I think you, you, but you have an excuse. Yeah, right. you have, you, that's where you have somebody come over for care to help. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a hellas. Hellas was good, man. Um, I had this from, this was the first beer I had out of the house uh, at the brew pub the other day. Super nice. It's nice in the can. I love a good hellas, man. A little crispy is great. Yeah. Went down, went down. Nice. Did you move on to the uh, to a coffee? I was drinking coffee in between. <laughs> I think, hey, man. Morning. Now I'm still on it, but um, should, you know what? What's probably better now is this for then I might shift to morning a mid strength beer. So uh, mid strength tiny IPA. Do you wanna yeah. do you wanna hold it? Sorry, yeah. do you wanna hold it back up just for a second because it's a little glitchy on the screen. Oh, there you go, tiny IPA. That's a new one. Yeah, it's a uh, 2.9% uh, mid-strength uh, IPI. So nice. Um, yeah, probably should have started with that. <laughs> well, what's what's the Vic one? It's only like, isn't it four high fours? It's uh, four two. Four two. Oh yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. That was one of my favorite. Do you know one of the, my favorite beers I had from you, and I believe it was the first 
milkshake IPA I had in Australia, if I'm not mistaken, was the strawberry one. Yeah. Um, that shit yeah. was fantastic, man. Like that was killer. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. And you, you sent me home with an Imperial stat as well. There's like a low feel mm. of an Imperial stat you hadn't released yet. And that stuff, that was fantastic. That's that honestly, that beer was why I, when we were talking, I was like, Oh fuck, I gotta tell them about the, the black is beautiful beer because that Imperial stat was killer. Yeah. Been an awesome beer for that. I'm definitely looking at that. Um, yeah, that would have been awesome beer for it. We just launched like six more Russian Pure Stouts two weeks ago. Could have actually connected that again. Good, I know about it. I'm definitely looking at that. Yeah, man, it's yeah. perfect. Um, uh, we have a message for you here from Rick Hales. It says, Hello, Derek uh-huh. from uh, Dad and Mum in Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Dad. What a legend. Hey, Rick. Appreciate you guys. That's cool. Are they in uh, the same hometown? Uh, they're in London. Yeah. Oh, London! London's so, nice, man. London's huge now. Yeah, yeah. So they um they moved. We we uh, my family uh, is a mining town, and the mine closed. So um, mom and dad, when the mine closed, they moved down to South Ontario to be with the kids because all kids. When we grew up, we all moved away from the town and didn't go back. Um, so I'm obviously here. My brothers in Burlington, and my sister is in London. So they moved to be near um, near my sister. Oh, that's um, dope. And, um, they literally the park from her house so they have both kids and um are lying aside of each other's house it's, it's quite nice so yeah good when i go home too makes it easy to visit right that was, that's super convenient that's great and burlington's not too far what's that london's two hours i think burlington's like 45 <laughs> to an hour from toronto <clears throat> i think so yeah maybe an hour and a half from burlington to london maybe less okay so burlington's know. closer yeah they're both west i love it uh, Rick said, world's best beer for sure. I think he was talking about Bad Shepherd's Beer. You're damn right, Rick. You are damn right, sir. <laughs> um, babe, do you mind grabbing me the blue? It's like a, it's called Celeste. It's from Sankey and Baron on the fridge. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I was super impressed. So when we – was it last year or was it the year before? I think it was – I just can't remember when we did it. Was it la- – I think it was last year. Yeah, it was January 19 because that's when we did the strawberry milkshake. So okay, we, we, we released it again two months ago. Um, oh yeah, nice. yeah. It did really well again. It just sold out. It was gone. So, of course, yeah, but um, yeah, it, it did well. Yeah. It was awesome. I was just super impressed with your beers. I think I do. You know what it was? I went there the year before. I did an interview with Will from Crafty Pint. Right. So yeah, yeah. He interviewed me for his stuff, which was dope. And we chose Bad Shepherd. Everyone kept telling me to go. This is on before we a year before we connected. Um, okay. So I'd been there and I, I did like a flight and tried all the stuff and, and which is usually what yep. I would do. And I feel like yep. even in that year, it's my favorite thing about Australia, man. Every time I've, I've been back three times in the last decade, which is pretty whack, but it was, it's like every time I go back, the improvement in the beer is so significant and maybe it's just from being away, but like, I love it. It's the most exciting beer scene in the world, in my opinion, because of how quickly it's growing and changing and just, not improving in the fact that it was it was bad. It was just newer, and I feel like yeah. it was in as far as the mainstream um, acceptance of it. You look at the percentage of craft beer sales in, in Australia compared to you know, Canada's like five percent. The states is like twelve percent. I imagine Australia would be pretty low single digits, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right? yeah. It was, it was six two years ago, so and it's going up. Um, it's growing. Um, this year, last year grew over thirty percent. This year, it's growing. I think more than that, with any stats yet, I actually sit on the, the board of the Independent Brewing Association, so I, I do get to see some numbers. Um, and they're public numbers, really, but I, I, I get to see them more often. 
But, um, yeah, we are running north of 30 percent the latest numbers I've seen. So it's nice. going more stealing share a lot. What I love is we're defining an identity. Like it's, I think when it first started, it was like, hey, IPA, the U.S. love right, let's make them too. Yeah. And that was all it was. And I think we're defining what what Australian craft beer is and much like Canada is too. And, and I think um, countries find its own way to position beer to the populace of drinkers that are into it so yeah you know for us that's a lot of things about you know kind of more sessionable hours and more sessionable pails um you know, wheat beers tend not to work in australia why but they don't um it's more about um the poppy light uh, pale ales um, or it's um and i'm sure that's the same around the world but it's probably the way we do it um the way we we, we celebrate it it's um the culture here of uh Socializing makes it seem too simple, but it's about drinking with your mates. Like, there's something about that. Yeah. And kind of, um, I don't know. There's, that's that's how, how beer is. I mean, it's how we all consume it, but it's, I'm not putting, using the right words. I, I know, know what, what you I mean. mean. I know exactly what you mean. It, it is. It's an Aussie thing. It's hard to quantify it unless you're there. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. It's just drinking with your boys. It's like, yeah, man. We're dr- so, like, having a 9% or whatever, 12% Imperial Stout typically doesn't go with the Australian culture. It has to shift. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the ABV is dropping, dropping, dropping. Well, that's good. It's, it's cheaper. So. <laughs> uh, hey, man. I love it. Um, just real quick. This is the next one. I got the uh, same brewery, St. on Baron. This is Celeste. It's their pale ale. Super dope. Nice New England style. Wicked can. I love these like full can wraps. It's not plastic where it's like matte on the can. Do you guys do that or is it, like a wrap? I think you guys print on can too. Yeah, so ours are like um, so this is cool beer. So this is um, this is this is uh, you can see it's printed as well. So, but it, we it looks like a uh, peanut butter jar. If you tell oh, it's sort of like sick. a sick, dope. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a fun beer. But, um, yeah, so our, all of ours are printed unless we do labels. So we will do um, some of our beers. Like we if we do like a small batch, right? You do like a label for it. Yeah, so this is this is one that this is a label beer, so um, so it's kind of just um, yes. a printed can. Of, I love that you then, have the black cans; they're so sick. They're so yeah. rare too. That was the um uh, the the stout you you gave me was like in that can. I was like, yo, this is the sickest shit I've ever seen. I've never seen one before that. Like an old yeah, yeah. We, we print um they're printed, but they're just printed on the top. They kind of put um if you can see it, but it sort of says uh, leading you into temptation. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, man, it's the details. But even like, I yeah. love that you've got those things printed on can. Then you've got, is the labels, that's a sticker? Or is it's it? A, yeah. This is actually being released. It's releasing um, nationally. It's the first national release through um, Coles. Um, nice. Company. So, uh, through just, Coles? Actually. <laughs> Did you say Coles? I've probably seen it yet. This is, this is coming out in first choice liquor and dollars uh, nationwide. Um, well done, bro. Next one. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I really like these labels. It's really cool. It's sort of like they're a little metallic um, on them too, right? They got that little metallic-y part and like yeah, and it's got this little kind of green hop there. So you know, it's pretty cool how it you know it's just it's just I love it. Nice, yeah. That's and it just the idea of temptation and good and the bad like that is pretty. I love it. 
That's so great, cool. man. Yeah. Even just like your mm. merch, your merch is sick. I even just like when I was looking for the website to give to the the gentleman who asked, like I was like, yeah, this is fun. yeah. Like the t-shirt is great. The logo was fantastic. Yeah, thanks. It's um, it's just got that evil kind of look to it, yeah. but it's, it's like a you know, like we're dark, but playfully dark. So like playful dark. Um, just a little yeah, bit of like Satan. A- just a little bit of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> just a touch. Just a touch. That's great, man. I love it. I love that you're in, like you're getting like now a beer across. Is this the first beer you've had in in those major yeah. stores? Sick. Man. Yeah. So they reached out to us. They um, Coles actually contacted us about it. Us give them something. Well, they asked for um, this one, so we launched this our peanut butter porter um, this year. Um, we made it a year ago in uh, for, for Gabs or something. <laughs> Reject. Oh my god! Look at the printing on that. Oh, uh, oh happens happens to the best of us, bro. <laughs> um, the uh, so, so we made it. No, we made it. So we got the series uh, we call Blue Crew, where our staff make their own beers. Yes, um, I love this. And ones. it's pretty cool. They all get the chance to make them. We're up to number eleven. We just launched, which was um, this one actually. It's um, Sticky Day Stout. We made with uh, I don't know if you can read that, but the Jazz of All Trades. Was, um, uh, more of our that's sick. Sticky Date Stout. Yeah. That's great. September 11 in the series, so she wanted to make um, yeah sticky date beer, so it came out beautifully. Anyway, um, the one of the ones we made in the Brew Crew series was by a chef a year ago. It was a it was a peanut butter porter, and it was a, the traded beer we ever had, and people just absolutely fell in love with it. So we thought, you know what, let's launch this thing. So we brought it back, um, and it's um, so far in can, it's actually outselling our Victoria Pale Ale since it launched. Victoria Pale Ale over time is still the top selling beer, but right now through the winter, this is our top top selling beer so it's wow. really cool and um, Cole's reached out to us and asked if we would make them a 440 mil version of it to put in their stores and we said yes and then um, they said well we want to put two in what else would you do and we said, we'll give you a double IPA so um, we came so, up with the idea of this temptation double IPA and they're both going into um, stores nationwide um, in a few weeks so yeah we just canned it that was canned yesterday Actually, so. Amazing, man! Congrats. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, that's a great step for craft beer, right? That they're actually reaching out to you, asking for yeah. not one but two SKUs. Uh, yeah. I think it really speaks to what you've been able to achieve uh, in those in the last five years. Happened, <laughs> and it was really because um, actually reached out. All it's still to this day. I think yesterday we delivered the samples right on the weekend, but to this day they still didn't even know what we were doing. We just said, they said we really want to do our quarter. We said sure, and then be another one. We said yeah. We're how about a double IPA? They said done. So we were internally just calling it Bulls Double IPA. <laughs> and then we it was. They never asked for any flavors. They're just like, yeah, we'll take cool. it. Cool, whatever we it is. It would be nothing, right? And they're like, done, we'll take it. Wow, that's a high trust level, right? To right. naturally list. We didn't tell you what it was, but they believed it, I guess. And you know, they took it. And, and I'm really happy with it. It's come out beautifully. Um, but yeah, it's so funny how they just like, yep. Done. We'll take it. Strength of the brand, bro. <laughs> Strength of the brand. They know. Yeah. They can trust it at this point, right? You got five years. You know, it's not like you're not. They don't ask yeah. any anybody this stuff, right? So, you're at the yeah. point. And I can tell, like even just going there. Once again, that's what. Even when I went in 2016, 2018, 2019, in 2016, it was all gold nails and summer ales. And I, to be honest, I found most beers mm-hmm. I had pretty boring. Um, when I went in 2018, I was like, whoa, like this is crazy now. Like, okay, this is this is getting good. I maybe had three different New England IPAs when everything here was already New England. There was like 
just a sprinkle there. 2019, like everyone had New England's. I think that's when I came in and had this, the milkshake. I was like, wow, this is crazy. I saw you out. Where did we go? What was the, the Good Beer Week gala? At, um, yeah. At uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That was, honestly, that was my first Aussie beer festival. And it was six. There's another Canadian dude. I think his name's Steve from uh, Tallboy and Moose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met him because he knew us because he's Canadian. So I guess he's tapped in with that. So I kind of got to connect. It was just that was cool for me to really see at a glance what the mm-hmm. Australian slash Melbourne really like kind of craft beer scene was. I was like, man, this is some shit. I, I was, this is why I, I want to make sure that we're continuing to con- promote Australian craft beer on this platform because I'm just like, I bet that's why I was really vexed, man, that we didn't make it this year beforehand. Like, we kept putting it off. Like, should we go in January? Nah, February. Oh, you know, let's go in March because we don't need to book it that far. We're staying with mom, whatever. And we pushed it and then, you know, we missed. And then we missed out. So I was, because I wanted to see because it was the year before and it was crazy. So I can only imagine what's happening this year. So I don't know when I'm going to get back, but I think it's just, uh, um, you know, it really speaks to the the, the creativity. And like you said, the, you know, the, the drink beer with your mates thing, I think that's very strong then. you Craft has a lot of work to do. But I've seen, and I imagine you would have seen the same thing. I had some staunch uh, anti-craft beer people, uh, good friends of mine, real good friends of mine too, that are now buying tickets to Gabs and going to all the breweries yeah. and stuff. And I was like, all right, we got you. We got you. All right, who's next? So I'm like, I'm yeah. seeing them tumble slowly because once you get exposed to flavor and actual like, real products local and aussies more than anywhere else i've ever been in my life love local it's all about yeah. local there so there's they rep they rep heavy they don't care you can get the fire from international like cool cool but i've got bad shepherd down the road man i'm just gonna go there like it's it's a beautiful thing so i i can see that and also as the quality is changing and what you just can't you know you can't go and have a carton draft and then go and have victoria pale ale and you'd be like oh okay i get it yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You, just, you just can't get back, right? Yeah, you, you just can't. You can't do that. And is that your beer? That would be your gateway beer, I imagine. Um, yeah, Vic, the Vic Pale would be for us. Yeah, um, is that, is that what you're saying? The our gateway beer for to bring non craft. So, say if someone comes in, even because I yeah. felt it was not. I drank it with you, and I think you gave me a couple cans. So I didn't think I took some back here. And I, I remember yeah. I did a one minute review of it at my mom's house, and I was because I, so I drank it numerous times, and I was like, right. like. I get it. I get what this is. This is not for the craft beer. No, this is for the person who might come in. The branding is is still very bad, Shepherd, but it's something about it's familiar a bit. They might be like, okay, and they see the way that the letters are arranged on it. I don't know if that, I imagine that was intentional to sort of yeah. generate like, hey, man, it's Victoria, you know, fuck yeah, it's local. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that beer. And people- the blue and yellow is so Victorian, right? Super. So Everything about that was, and we tried to make it look more traditional and, and more like an old beer can as opposed to something very modern. So, yeah, and it is. This is definitely our gateway beer. And, um, so if people know, come into the brewery, they're going to ask for something. Say, hey, man, I drink VB or I drink blah, blah, blah. They, what, what do you got? You'd probably hit them with that, even maybe over a Pilsner or some other thing, I would imagine. Yeah, you want to introduce it to flavor that's not so abrasive that it, you know, kind of scares them. So, yeah, yeah it would be. We do have um, we do have a, an Italian lager that we make. So with, um, yeah, with um, continental four malted um, barley, um, uh, Pilsner, um, nice. Pilsner malt. Um, uh, so that we we give to people as well. So um, we did have a, a Czech 
ourselves there, but it's kind of on its way out now because we felt like we didn't need both. And, and we, we actually feel like we're happier with this Italian lager. So um, it's traditionally brewed. Like we actually use all four, four malted barley, um, Italian, well, noble hops, but we have, um, we try to ensure that they're sort of from Italy, hard to do, but um, we're trying on that. Um, and, uh, and really cold fermented. So like, at 11 degrees all the way through so um and then we give it a good lagering after that so it's actually um yeah it, it, we're really happy with it so we, we kind of give the people those too but i think that's going to be a little bit too close into what they're drinking today so yeah as a general if you come in the door this is usually the that's what you get them yeah yeah so yeah, totally. So you've got the gateway, but like the, the thing about so for the beer nerds, it's cool to go to a brewery that has a, a bunch of great, easy-drinking gateway beers. If you're going to say, hey, like, let's just go to a pub. Well, back when the world was normal, you'd be let's go to a pub or whatever. Oh, cool, let's go to this brewery. And if you're trying to bring your non-craft beer friends, you go, no, 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 they got some stuff. But then the craft beer nerds will be satiated with those beers because I imagine with I, I'm really appreciating Crispy Boys. Do they call them Crispy Boys there? No. no. So like crispy, you know, like everything's a boy, like the fridge is a cold boy or whatever. So crispy boys are like lagers, pilsners, any sort of like beer that tastes like beer is a crispy boy. So with the crispies, like that's what I'm about. If I go to your brewery, I would have more than any, even over the milkshake first, I'd be going straight for that Italian pilsner. The way you're describing that, I'm salivating. It's amazing. But then you've yeah. also got the crazy shit for, for the beer nerds. You've got these crazy imperial stouts. You've got the milkshake. Um, I'm sure you have regular, you know, I, you let you sent me home with a couple of the, um, uh, the, the staff versions. I think it was like six and seven. There was like a dark saison with some stuff and, um, yeah. just interesting ass beers, man. That, like, it's good that you can speak to two palates, you know, you can speak to the, the people who are just learning and not scare them off. But then, you know, if I bring a friend there who doesn't know much about it, I'm like, cool, you're good. All right, give me this crazy stuff. And I'm, 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 I'm happy too. And I, I really appreciate yeah. when a brewery can, can pull that off because it's, you know, yeah. there's not always. Yeah. It goes well. Cause you see that and you, the, the beautiful thing is when you, you start somebody on a McPail or, or an Italian lager and the, you know the third time they come back because they enjoyed the experience, they're sitting on IPAs or they're sitting mm. on, you know, like a oatmeal stout or something. But yeah, yeah, this is great, right? That to me is the most um, – it resonates with my purpose the most um, out of anything else that happens when you see somebody that is now on the journey and they understand and they buy it. And they understand they, they buy into what we're doing, right? Yeah, which is a good beer to people that um, otherwise wouldn't be able to experience it. And that's not to me. That's we we always say our purpose is beer the way it should be. Not to me is what it is. So to me, if you're coming in, you're experiencing beer the way it should be, which is maybe an Italian lager um, with your mates, or maybe it's you know having a having a paddle on some IPAs and, and big dark beers or something. But we're enabling that, and and I love it. We see we go on that journey. And end up in a place where I can talk to you now about the flavors, what mm-hmm. you're experiencing, and you enjoy it. But we don't need to geek out. We can just say, this is great, you know? Yeah. Or, uh, or we can geek out. Like, I'm good, you know? But I'm also okay if you come in and you just have an Italian lager or you have, you have a Vic Pale or whatever. You, you, need to, you need to be our place. But you can appreciate their local, their indie, their, their quality beers, and you're supporting something, and, and I'm enjoying it with you. Like, that's great and so many people are every day buying more and more into that right so i love that man do you, do you get to see that often yourself are you like uh, in the tap room enough to be able to kind of witness it or are you sort of just probably not so much anymore i, I mean really right now obviously not but 
um, enough. Like every, I feel like every day was getting to be less and less. But every week I'd be in there at least a little bit. Um, okay. I used to try to go and sit. So we have an, another location just down the road. I don't know if I showed it yet. Um, we have a warehouse and an office, and that's where the team sit. Um, but um, <laughs> every now and then I'd just go and try to sit in the, in the brew pub and just get a feel and kind of work there. But the problem is. You get your regulars that come in and it's stocky time because, you know, Derek's here. Let's, let's sit and have a beer. And so I try to do it when I'm not working. Um, right. I just go and sit. We, but we'd go in. Uh, the family would go in maybe once a week and just have dinner and, and hang out. And so, yeah, I'm in there for a bit. And, and um, man, the locals, the people that that's, – that's what's so beautiful about it. When, you know, they know you by name, you know them by name, and they're coming to your place and they because they love it, right? And they, they proudly support your – wear your things and buy your beers and, and, and believe and want to support you actively. Mm. I love that. It's, it's the most beautiful thing about it, right? I love it 100%, man. I can even only – I can't imagine even like that would just be such a great feeling, particularly because you built a physical space that now people are coming to and then they yeah. – that space resonates with them. And then not only does the space make them feel at home, you've got these products and then, of course, your food. The food is fire too. So it's sort of this whole, you know, experience that, you know, and as well, there's a big gap with no brewery. So like that's the spot for more people. And they, yeah. they would, you know, if they didn't like it, though, they wouldn't keep coming back. Even if it was the only spot, they'd travel further, particularly beer nerds. Yeah. I, know, I know how we work. And if it's not fire, yeah. they're not going to keep coming. And it's, you know, I think that really speaks volumes. And even now you've got these, now you're going to have two skews in Coles. Um, that's, is it Liquorland or is that uh, not called uh, Okay, that's great. I mean, so that's like a big, big step for a craft brewery because I know that a lot of uh, people who may be getting into it don't go to the like you like the cellar door or the directly from the brewery. They're going to go to Dan Murphy's or they're going to go to one of the chain stores in Australia. It's, it works a lot different than Canada. It's great actually because you've got all yeah. these other independent sort of stores independent now that the big supermarket chains own them. I didn't know that. That's funny. Probably, you know, BWS. I bet that's owned by somebody too. That's Woolworths. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Okay. So all of these different like things that are either owned by the big boys, you know, Dan Murphy seems to be its own beast, but there's other ones. Worse as well. Pardon? Dan Murphy's is Woolworths as well. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fine. So, okay. It's all monopolies, <laughs> but this. There's Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Break up my heart, bro. <laughs> but then you got cool places like Beer Mash and Slow Beer. Um, no, I'm joking. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> hey, I wouldn't fault them. If they're going to sell, get their money, bro. Do that. Um, you know, so, I mean, that's the beer nerds. I guess I am more speaking to the sort of, you know, the supermarket chains because a lot of these, the North Americans might not get it, but the, it's almost like if you go to Loblaws and there's a liquor store, there's an LCBO yeah. that's owned by Loblaws that's attached exactly. to it. And you can walk into it from the Loblaws and get that and you can pay for sort of everything all at once. It's yeah, it's a, it's an interesting system, and it's just being you know, in Quebec here or in Ontario, they both it's a whole other world. It just does not work like that. So it's very cool, and it's like because so many people who might not be the craft beer nerd yet, but they want to buy something nice or different, they'll start looking. And you've only you know they've got limited brands typically. That's where I was going first when I didn't know. Near my mum, mum lives in Berwick or near near Berwick anyway, and there was in the Berwick area there was a. Uh, I found it the day before I left the last trip. There was one sick spot that had 
all fire wine and all local, all like Melbourne beer. And I was going to the Dan Murphy's right behind it, not knowing it was there the whole time. And the Dan Murphy's had all the IPAs sitting on the shelf, warm. You know, I was looking at the can dates, everything was old. Like they don't care about beer as much. So um, it's definitely, but the same token, you've got styles so you're having the sorry what was it the um the double ipa and the stout so the stout the, the putting about a porter sorry yeah so that's going to sit pretty well are you concerned yeah, the, the the i am concerned about the double ipa okay yeah um, and in fact we, we discussed this with them in terms of so they are it's um it's refrigerator it will only be in the refrigerator um so um and we are holding it refrigerated, and we are um, holding the stock levels. Their their DC is ambient, so we're holding our stock levels at their DC to minimums. Um, so they're working with us on that. So we're going to replenish um, to order to make sure that um, the supply chain is nearly fully refrigerated. So um, and we put the shelf shelf life on it very short um, to ensure that they can't sell um, beyond a certain date. So. We're doing what we can with it, um, and then we also told them if we're not happy, we're going to pull it. So we're going to be watching, and they're they're fine with that. So we said, uh-huh. like, we're not worried about peanut butter porter, but the double IPI, if it's not presenting right, I don't want I don't want to fall flat on our face the first time we go out of these state borders here that is, you know, has problems. Good news is when we packaged it yesterday, so we took DO test, and normally DO for us um, pickup can be as high as. Like a bad day is probably around 70 or 80 ppb, which is still acceptable, but you don't want to see that. Um, we're usually in the 40s um, for most beers. Now, I don't even understand how this happened, but they kept testing it, and then they, they um, calibrated the instrument as well, but we we're getting 5 ppb on this. What does that mean? So uh, it means, like, basically no oxygen in there. It's, it is none. So somehow the day went really well. The first that's, time. that's perfect. Yeah, so um, and we put an antioxidant into it as well, to um, which is quite pricey, but it helps. It also will reduce the risk um, because oxidation is the issue, right? So, um, but yeah, we um, uh, yeah if five yeah sorry, talking a bit tech there, but basically um, dissolved oxygen levels on the beer. Um, you want them to be so uh, an industry standard. You always want to be under hundred. Um, anything above that, it's going to oxidize really quickly. Okay. Um, between fifty and hundred is. Most breweries will accept it, um, but no, not be happy. Get south of 50, you're, you're doing well. You sell 30 parts per billion. Um, that's like that's major brewery level, kind of thing. So, and that one somehow <laughs> they were getting five. And I'm like, I don't believe you. <laughs> Go check that. And they calibrated, tried again, compared it to other uh, beers, and it was. So, um, it just it was a good run. I don't think always get that. But this first, this first run, it, it, there's going to be oxidation. Be, very unlikely, um, and but we'll still manage it. We're gonna check it, and if we're not happy, we will pull. Okay, so there go with that. So that's fantastic. Yeah. That's really cool that they're willing to work with you so much. So they probably don't even know that much, I would imagine, about yeah. handling a product like this because most of yeah. the beers would have been macro lagers of some description, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Maybe a few little, you know, the Cooper's Stout or something, and some Guinness and stuff. But otherwise, mostly. Yeah. You know, this this right. is a new world for them. So the fact that they they believe in you and your brand so heavily that they're willing to let you pull a product that you're making for them, uh, yeah. and and are operating within that. And I've dealt with, uh, I've, uh, sorry, I've interviewed breweries who have who are dealing with LCBO, and they've done the same thing where they've um, only delivered 
to the stores what they order. If they order any more, like, why are you ordering more? What's going on? Yeah. Are you selling more? Like, as in they don't want it because there's there's nothing yeah. worse than someone buying the product and having a bad experience. Yeah, because it sits on shelf too long or gets put on the ambient shelf or both, right? And then you look and go, mm-hmm. you come in and you, and you look at the shelf at, at the data and you go, you've ruined this. You've ruined it. You, you can't fix it. Yeah, but we could control it, right? So <clears> yeah. we're cool. We know the temp. We know the date. We don't sell anything that goes out of date. We're careful about our turnover. We can ensure it got to Kohl's in good nick. And if they're working on uh, minimum stock levels and they've guaranteed it will sit in the shelf, on, not on the shelf, but in, only in the fridge, which they've guaranteed that's where it is in the planet ground. So we think we've managed it. We think we have. But they're, we've been very clear with them. That, um, if we're not happy, it's out. Um, and, and they're they're good with that. So, that's great. Uh, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully that doesn't for five parts per billion, no, this, this one won't be a problem. Yeah. So you, I, I, don't know, I don't know what magically we did, but I'll take it. Whatever it was. <laughs> so do you like test that over time just for your own sort of like learning to be like, how long can I stretch this out till it starts to turn? Yeah, we do sensory tests. You can't test. So oxidation, it changes its chemical uh, properties that you can't, um, you can no longer measure the number. You measure it when you pack it. Um, but okay. then once once it oxidizes and changes its its chemical equation to be another molecule, basically you can no longer pick it up. It's not oxygen anymore. So, but you can pick it up through palate. So um, we constantly evaluate our beers, and we keep we keep um, a log um, of we basically take a six pack of every every one of our beers and sit it on a shelf, um, and then we age it. We try it, and when we know it's starting to be a problem, we're watching. Um, and sometimes we'll pull beer, pull beers off the shelf if we have to. And, you know, it, it's happened. Maybe once, twice a year, we go out there and just strip them all down if we know something's got a little bit too long in the tooth. But usually, usually it's okay. Between a, a DO meter, taking the right steps to manage your process, and then watching what's in market, you can you can mitigate most of the risks. Like okay. Not all, but most, so, yeah. That's great, man. I love that you can that you can do that. It's just like it does. It's such. A, I guess on paper it's like a pretty straightforward thing that you're doing, but because it's such a large company that's dealing with it, that makes it even cooler. And it because it can lead to some bigger things for you, like that brand awareness. Like you say yeah. before, the, the margins. Obviously, if someone's going to come in and going to buy a pint from you directly at the brewery. Obviously, they're the biggest margins. But being that now it's all it's a volume game, so yeah, it's getting that, and then now it's going to you know you're going to be on these shelves, and people are going to be like, oh, so. I like this batch, but let me get some more. Can they come to the brewery then? So they discover the double IPA, they discover the peanut butter porter at uh, first choice or whatever. Like, man, this this brewery is sick. I need I need some more. How does it work now with all the lockdown? Are they able to come to the brewery to purchase uh, packaged products? Yeah, so we're still open for takeaway and delivery, um, including a small shop. So we okay. um, all of our ranges are available. You know, on, on the shelf and come into our place, um, but there's no on-site consumption. So consumption, okay. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and with, like, because of the JobKeeper stimulus package by the government here, we can stay open even though not many people come in right now. So, um, yeah, so you can. Um, our numbers aren't that strong, but maybe we need to find a way. Great big sign to spread it in the sky or something to help people open. <laughs> hey, we're here. <laughs> Bit of Facebook ads or something. I don't know. Let people know. Yeah. Do something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they're allowed out just before 8 p.m., come by. Yeah, that's right. Right? Before 8. Before 8, because, right. you know, sticking to it. Now, that's I think that's dope. I wasn't sure what the what the deal was if you're allowed to be open or, or you know, if it's kind of just operating like it was before where you could just, people could just pop in and 
and grab stuff. Yeah. That's dope. So that's good. So are you in, aside from these larger ones, are you uh, distributed in other bottle shops around Melbourne and stuff as well, like the, yeah. the independent ones? We're in probably, uh, so from a major uh, retailer perspective in Victoria, we are with all of the majors. So okay. we're, um, this is the first national launch, but we're already, uh, Coles and Woolworths are distributor products. So and we've got, we're in Dan Murphy's and BWS. Oh, right. Okay. Premium Dan, so like about 20, 23 or 20 Dan Murphy's stores. They have probably about, I think, probably 40 or 50 in this state. And we're on, we're on all the premium ones. Okay. About 50, I think about 50 BWS stores. They probably have a couple hundred. So, but all the ones in the Southeast are in. Um, we're in about 90 liquor lands out of the couple hundred they have. Um, and then we're in all of the first choice liquors. Um, and then we're in what's the other one? Uh, all the vintage sellers as well. So right. it's, a, it's a mix. Yeah. So um, and then from independence, we're in probably a few hundred um, independent bottle shops now. So okay. All I would guess distribution points maybe 700 or so. Probably locations distributor products now. So all right. So that's not what I thought. That's not what I thought at all. Okay. That's amazing. So this is like yeah. almost this is just taking you national, which then will could potentially open you up to new markets. You might have to supply yeah, New South not, Wales and Queensland. Then. This has opened up all sorts of doors. Other okay. than the top Darwin, I mean, we're, hey, other Darwin, like they, those three kegs going up to Darwin, fuck, man, you never know. Um, if okay, so then then the next, this, I'm glad you positioned that for me. So I, in my mind, I was I forgot you said national. I was just thinking like, oh, now it's the big stores, not realizing you in all the other ones. Um, yeah. If you now are uh, in these stores and say it picks up and all of a sudden in multiple states there's a demand, do you are you able to fulfill that demand or do you need like a separate production facility or something at that point? Like, have you thought about that? We're running at full capacity now. In fact, um, we posted it up. We we uh, partnered brew um, Victoria Pale Ale with Hawkers Brewing in uh, in Reservoir, which is North okay. City. Yes. Um, okay. Capacity right now but we're <laughs> we're running through options and what to do about us so we have eight um eight kind of 40 hectolitre tanks um and we're looking at trying to um got this great idea of okay this sounds nuts but i actually think it can work okay talk about um that's that, that's height limited um by a gable roof in the place right and we're thinking what if we were to cut a hole where the tanks are and double the size of those tanks and do 80 hectolitre tanks and they just kind of pop out of the out of, out of the, the roof um, you know, and just put some flashing around it and just, I, I like, I can't see why not. Know, because it's, it's people, people have tanks in any place, right? It doesn't get so cold. There'd be a problem. No. So there'd be I snow, saw, snow. in, uh, you know, dogfish head in Delaware. Yeah. I saw a picture the other day they posted on social and they had like 10 insane fermenters just sticking into the, into the air. Like, Outside, yeah, right. completely outdoors in Delaware, which means they're getting mined. Yeah. They... Sorry, they would get snow. So uh, yeah, Delaware's like same as New York weather. Huh. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. my thinking would be absolutely like at worst it'll be zero minus five. I, I believe I heard Melbourne's getting colder in the winters these days, which sucks. Yeah, but um, if that's what it is. And if they can deal in Delaware, maybe that whatever the hell they're doing to make that. Oh, we were in um, Fort Collins, Colorado, and they had that at multiple breweries. Actually, all across Colorado. What am I talking? 
in uh, Durango, Scar Brewing had all these outdoor fermenters. It was crazy. And there's like walkway through them all. You could walk up and stuff. It was wild. Um, I'm pretty sure a bunch of... Uh, Great Divide. Great Divide. In, in, Divide. Um, in Denver. Yes. Yeah. They got that too? Yeah. yeah. Like Colorado gets similar weather to up here. And that's like, yeah. you know, that's a snow snow region. They get, it's pretty nippy down there. So point being, yeah. Melbourne being at zero to minus five at worst case scenario, dead of winter. Minus one this morning. I'm very nice. It was what? Yeah. Minus one this morning. Shit. Yeah, okay. I, got up. Had, yeah. I, I guess you're like, are you, uh, as a Canadian, are you kind of like, eh, what's your, uh, yeah. well, my dad tells me, uh, he tells me I'm soft. well do you know what to be interesting to be fair we we went to in the winter in 2016 and it was it just reminded me i forgot what it was like and it was just like it's different it's nowhere near the severity but it's still miserable it's still freezing you need a jacket you need a scarf it's just annoying and i hate rain because of melbourne i can't stand rain even to this day it drives me crazy raining yeah, I don't know, but it's raining right now. No, you probably can't. Yeah, it's, it's rain. It's just yeah. raining. I can see it a little bit. But the um, I, I really feel like you'll be able to to make it work. Um, your father is saying, ooh, cold. <laughs> I love it. Rick's making fun. Daniel was here. What up, Daniel? Being a hot minute was good, bro. Yeah, it's like I feel like you'd be able to figure it out. Whatever their secret is, even if it's a specially insulated ferment or they just put a little jacket on the damn thing or something. I don't know. Because if you raise the roof, like you just stick it out the top a little bit. So it's not like the whole fermenter's outside. It's just whatever, just this top part, right? Yeah, we just – I was thinking like I'm going to be like an upside-down cow, like just nipples. Yeah, just just pop a little, little hat on it. Boom, boom. He's good to go. Man, that could work, and you could make it a branding thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It could be a, it could be a, maybe a rooftop patio with, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> drink with the fermenters. I don't know. Yeah, because well, you think like it just, it would just be a hole. And just, you just a hole. You cut a hole, and, and you, you put just... like a rubber thing to insulate it. Yeah, I think you just butt up against it with flashing all the way around and seal it off, and, and then that's. So you'd never dry hop from the top. You'd need a hop cannon, and you'd only ever clean internally. But that's – I mean, in an emergency, you'd probably have some sort of access to get up and out of the anyway at the top if you needed to from the roof point. But, you know, big breweries, they, they deal with large fermenters that they never go into the top. Like, I'm sure we can work that out. Yeah, so you just have – and by doing so, then back to your original question, we could then manage capacity because we are constrained, but our brew house is not at capacity. Our fermenters are. Okay. And we don't have any more space, so it's either we contract room, we get another facility, or we get more tanks and there's no floor space. So we're like, oh, if we just go up, <laughs> just make them bigger, and I love that it. would work. So there's yeah, a no, there's a willing like a million liters capacity. So. Okay, so that would step it up, but there's a willingness to do that because what I've found is a lot of people, a lot of breweries are sort of happy with the lifestyle. That you know, like yeah. business that just kind of like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I don't want any more hassle, I don't want to deal with blah blah blah. But you're already dealing with it, so it's like, cool, let's just keep going. So you're like, let's fucking go, let's make this happen, type of thing. That's yeah, yep, breaking up a bit. That's probably on my end, yeah, I mean, we're breaking. So, yeah, um, no, I'm sorry, go. No, I was, I was just saying, yeah, that's for us, um, you know. 
it's a hard one because we don't entirely own Bad Shepherd either. We own the majority, but we have shareholders and we have a responsibility to deliver um, growth and a return. So, um, and then also, um, I love I love growing. I, I love delivering results um, with purpose and with quality and um, consistent with our values. So we don't compromise on that. But hey, if there's ways to grow and, and do cool things and, and bring Bad Shepherd to uh, more people and celebrate what we are, I, I love it anyway. So to me, if we owned it all ourselves, I'd still be doing this. Um, maybe we, no, actually, I was just going to maybe with some breaks on it, but I don't think it would. I, I love what we're doing. And I, I think it's exciting. It's fun, you know? So um, I, I love the journey. Um, I, I love the fact we have never compromised on quality. And um, in, in fact, I'm probably the one that does more than anybody because I'm so keen on um, successfully running a business, but I have, I have from the sales to the, to the venue, to our brewing team, they pull each other up all the time on quality. And it's, it's at the forefront of everything we do. Like this double IPA with Coles, we all stood there and said, we will only do this if, and, and, you know, it was very clear. And I, I think, um, the fact that we can do this in a way that's consistent with who we are and what the products are, yeah, I love it. And, and if we can keep growing and doing cool things and you know, make an upside-down calendar place to do it, I, I, I'm definitely be fun. I love it. I love it. That was, uh, <laughs> that was a nice way to wrap this up, brother. I appreciate that. Um, man, this is great. I'm really glad we got to do this. I know it's not as optimal. I obviously would have preferred to be there and drink a bunch of your fire and, and have a chat, but at least we got it in. Um, I think it's fantastic. Congrats on all the, on the wins, you know, through a rough time that you're surviving and not only surviving, but thriving. I think it's fantastic. Um, not really surprised at all. I feel like, you know, Im immigrants are, uh, we have a little bit of an extra fire up our asses that the average, uh, person doesn't have. So man, <laughs> You I've know? never thought of myself as an immigrant, but I love it. I am. Do you know what? I never thought until I realized when I sort of got basically kind of told almost like I had to go home. I was like, oh, I'm an immigrant. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's really weird. And it's terrible. It's a horrible feeling to, to do that. So like, <laughs> you know, it's something that you sort of like, you always maybe not trying to prove yourself, but it's an interesting mental uh, perception of yourself in this place. You've been there 14 years. I've been here 10 years next month. Um, I feel my, I feel both. I'm sure you probably feel the same. I feel like sort of Canadian and Australian. I'm about to apply for citizenship now, finally. So it's like, do you get? I get. I imagine you have it, obviously. Uh, yeah. Right. So you kind of feel this weird in between thing, like, and I've maybe when you're here, and you don't talk to Aussies, and you feel more Canadian. And then I talk to you the last three weeks. I've talked to Aussies, and I'm like, wow, this is like, there's this hole in your soul that it feels and just hearing you in a slightly Canadian accent say these Australian sayings that maybe people aren't perceptive about but I can tell that I, I, don't, yeah. I, just, I just, like small things it's very subtle but I, I really appreciate it and it's sort of like alright you just sort of like have a it's this nice little connection to something else so it's kind of cool to have something to miss and then be here as well and like you know and even now it's worse because we can't actually go I mean, we could, yeah. you and I could, because they're not going to deny a Canadian or an Australian entry to either point. Yeah, but you wouldn't go back into Canada, would you? I would get back into Canada. I'm a permanent resident, so I'm good. Oh, um, would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll be fine. I'm, I'm never a problem. They, they legally have to let me in, I think, which is great. Australia is not letting you leave the country. Really? Apply to leave the country, and a significant number of those applications are being rejected. So you need to wow. explain why. 
because they're worried. They can't. They have to let you back in because it's your right as a citizen. So they, they don't want you leaving and then trying to come back and bringing the virus with you. So COVID. you reason. So, yeah. So then if I wanted to come, would they try and stop me from going? Yeah, if you came back, they would try to stop you from going back. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that, that's not going to work too well. You can get in because you're dying, but getting out is high right now. So. Okay, well that's ter- look. I have no intention of going anywhere. With Troy, even going for a vacation, was going to go in Quebec, like the same before. Like, anyway, right? so, yeah, man, it's not the time. If you have to come and just like quarantine and nothing's open and there's curfews, like what's the point? Like, and all you know, whatever. I'm just going to wait till everything's good. But yes, at least they know they definitely can't. We got a bunch of comments here. Daniel, my friend, he's uh, in Vancouver. He's from England, so he's saying immigrants for the win. Um, <laughs> We're going to get that passport. Yeah, Dan, I forgot to tell you, I qualify. I spoke to my lawyer. I'm about to apply. I'm just waiting for her to approve my stuff. I'm going to uh, apply. Lee is saying, before you bail, we need this. I know you got one floating around. Do you know what that's doing? talking about? I don't know what he's saying. We need this. Is this Lambo? Yeah, Lambo. Yeah. Need what? I don't know. He said, before you bail, we need this. And I know you got one floating around. A passport or something? I'm not sure. Lee, what are you talking about, fam? Also, that's a really funny thing. So Lee is a, a friend of mine. I've known Lee for fuck, probably 15 years. We He's a fellow MC. Um, we've known each other for, for forever. Um, and then he was telling me about you because he knew I had the podcast situation. Um, and I think at the same time he told me about you, I got connected with you direct. I already knew who the brewery was. But it was a publicist who got me the media passes for the Good Beer Week was like, oh, I, I represent Bad Shepherd. Do you want to talk to them? I'm like, yeah, I know that. I went there last year. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah, um, that's right. It was that publicist too, yeah. Yeah, and it was my my family, my mom's sister, my auntie lives around, auntie and uncle live around like in um, in Moorabbin around, no, is it Moorabbin? Whatever. Around the corner from the brewery. Right. So it was their local and I was like, oh, sick. So it was kind of perfect. So it was really funny when Lee was telling me about you. He says, rep the Aussies. I don't know. Sure. Oh, maybe he's just saying. I'm not really sure what he's saying. But we're repping Aussies. We're all Aussies and we're all Canadian. Yeah. And also Lee's lived yeah. in Canada too. So Lee gets it too. How do you know him? So I play ice hockey with Lee. Okay. So, so that's why he's the most Canadian Aussie I know. Because he's playing ice hockey like a boss. I will get my – I couldn't do that shit. Like, it's wild. I why when I when you sent me the Facebook messenger message with Lee, I'm like, wait, 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 like what? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, like long, long time. Um, so yeah. he, I swear, he told me about you. I bet you he told me about you when I first came back, before I knew anything about in 2016, before I knew much about the Aussie craft beer scene. Like he's been, yeah. he's your like soldier, and I know when he was a. Uh, so Lee was an M- Lee's done like he, he's a crazy dude, man. Lee's done everything. Um, yeah. He's a fighter too. Was it like MMA or kickboxing or something, or was it just boxing? It's uh, kickboxing. Kickboxing. So he's a he's a fu- like <laughs> this fucking guy. We went out for his. I think it was his twenty fifth birthday, and it was a dress up party. And I don't like dressing up parties. I just wore a suit and then whatever. He gave, hey, are you that? I'm like, that's who I am. That was my like gimmick. So we went to his thing in Brighton. Funnily enough. And then we went to the city. It was me, Lee, and my friend Tommy. And he was wearing a nun's outfit. <laughs> and we go, we're going to this bar called Ladida on King Street. You know, King Street, Melbourne's kind of wild. I'll never forget this. Because I'm, I'm not a fighter at all. I don't fight. I'm not a violent dude. I am like super, like, I, 
I don't want confrontation. I don't like it. These four in Australia, we call them wogs, but uh, over here, Italian gentlemen, I guess, or whatever, something like that. They were like, "Yo, take off the take off the the nun's outfit." And he's like, "What?" Like he was giving him attitude. So Lee just looks at me. He knows that I don't fight. So he took the nun hat off, threw it at me, and then fought four dudes by himself. I'm so not surprised. And I'm like. I'm so- so when I saw him, and I've always felt, I think about that often, and I'm always like, fuck, man. Like, he could have de-escalated the situation, and he chose not to, because I imagine he likes fighting. So <laughs> I can't fight. I probably wouldn't have been any value, but I, and I was wearing a suit with, like, hard, you know, hard-bottom shoes type of thing. So I was like, yeah. I probably couldn't have been much value in that situation. And it ended pretty quick, and he was fine, and we still had a good night afterwards. But like it was just seeing it, I was like, oh, he's a fighter? I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And it was just yeah. like, he, he's just done a lot of stuff. You know, he's, a, he's a good dude. Right. Like, he's he is one tough customer. Yeah. I, I actually saw him fight in a kickboxing match. And um, just goes to show what, what um, uh, he's just a heart and soul awesome guy. He, um, everything about what it is. But he, um, so he, for his fight, he had these t shirts made up and he reached out to me to see if we could support him. And, and we're trying to work something out. Never quite got that, but he just threw a brand on the shirt anyway, and that just speaks volumes about who he is, right? Like we still have never actually contributed. We will. I'm both still watching, but um, if we fight again, but uh, yeah, it, it just speaks volumes to who he is, right? He's just guys salt of the earth. He's yeah, absolutely awesome. Yeah, man, I, I, know but, I can see that. Um, win then it was unfortunate because it was a pretty close match um probably wouldn't have won but he got um tko and it was because the referee had him do a sort of test or whatever and he turned the wrong way which i think he just misheard him and we're looking going well clearly he's still got his wits and the ref called it it was too bad because it would have been nice to see the fight finish but um but yeah no he's um strong boy sure yeah it's uh it's admirable to see that because when you're not that and then you see someone who can take you know take it and give it and it's not a problem i'm like all right yeah. it's a whole different thing he's like yeah. says team yeah. players team players lee saying team players all caps that nun story <laughs> do you remember that lee that shit was fucked up i just want to say i'm sorry for being a pussy bro like yeah. Yeah. I, it's just it's just not me he know he knew that though and i know that like he wouldn't hold that against me but it's something i think about from you know the awkward shit in your life like fuck man what if i did that different that was always one of those things like should i have helped him out i really maybe i should have uh but i'm like yeah yeah i'm like yeah you fuck get him get him (laughs) but it was actually cooler to watch him take on four dudes with no fear no fear i'm like damn man like that would be cool one day to be like all right let's go let's go because there was three of us i guess i don't think there was any other dudes but my other friend was also equally not a fighter. We're just not those guys. It's just what probably about though. We've had have some incidents here. We've, we've sorted out as a team. Like we, you know, we, we made it happen. I was like, okay, I'm not a pussy. And when it comes down to it, but at the time was not ready for that. You know? Yeah. 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 It was, uh, whoa, this, you're right. That's, oh, you, that's you, mine. Oh, it's yours. You oh. need it. Oh. Yours is here oh. <laughs> to try to take my, uh, cable. You trying to be slick popping yeah. up. Um, but yo, yes, Derek, everything is great. So look, man, this has been fantastic. I uh, really appreciate um, your time tonight. This is dope. Um, where can everybody find Bad Shepherd online? Uh, badshepherd.com.au. So uh, shepherd spelled properly like the dog or a shepherd. So there's no A in the word shepherd. No A. S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. 
E-R-D.com.au. Um, and on uh, Facebook and, um, and Insta. People on Twitter too, but I don't really use it. Um, so Facebook and Insta okay. as well. Um, we tell our stories to there. Um, you sign up for our emails. So we get some fun emails and do a lot of promotions in there too. So um, we're always giving away shit. Um, like I'm sure we'll probably be doing promos with those masks. So, but um, yes. there's always something. So. Perfect. But um, yeah, and uh, we do have an online store, so we ship um, not to Canada, unfortunately, but um, anywhere in anywhere in Australia uh, through our online store. So um, would that be for beers, not to Canada, but you would ship merch to Canada if people wanted to buy it? Not currently, but I'm sure we could. Um, well, let me get on that um, and maybe check in a couple of weeks. I'm sure we could. Um, and we're going to try to send some stock up. I actually, uh, just quickly, I, I, um, the, uh, I, I judge the Australian Beer Awards every year, and um, they, they fly people in for it to judge, and they flew in the beer buyer for the LCBO nice. last Smart year. Move. What's that? Smart move. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and he loved our beers and followed up to the Buffalo Street Beers in Ontario. Here's what you need to do. Um, I, I just got a headache looking at the forms um and never did anything about it i can imagine <laughs> but, man but uh we're we're approved the list i just have to do things and it was hard so i'm um at some point we'll be in uh we'll be in ontario um with, with our beers in, in some locations anyway so that would be Coming. amazing <laughs> for the selfish part of me please do that that would be great because uh, we I'll don't oh I've got a guy, I know a dude here in Quebec, and he runs an import, a, uh, import agency. He brings out La Seren out here. He oh, really? asked me about Mr. Banks because I posted about him, and I bet he's going to ask me about you now. I'm going to post about you. I am more than happy to put you in touch with him because that would get you in Quebec and the SAQs out here. Um, yeah. And that would please me greatly. I love it if you could connect me. Oh, Yeah. yeah. I have so many Canadian friends, even just for fun, to send up once or twice an hour. Yeah, he's even – he said that because when he asked he asked me to put him in touch, he was like, even if it's like a once-off or just a couple times a year, yeah. once a year, something like that, he would love that. Yeah. That would be like – then there's two – and I bet you because he's the middleman rather than dealing with the SAQ directly, you're dealing with an import agency – you wouldn't yeah. probably have to fill out as many forms. I imagine it would be like, oh, you want the beer? Here, this is what it costs. Here's the beer. Yeah. Bye. Like – I'll do all the rest. Because when you're in LCBO, it's like I, I've had you know my brewery friends tell me what they have to do and the lab tests and blah blah blah. It's a, it sounds like a, a it nightmare. Looks, oh, it looks but scary. It's, but it's a it's they're the largest purchaser of alcohol in the entire world. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it it definitely would be worth it. And I feel like uh like you know Canada's a little bit you know every uh, the states is obviously the the leader. Canada's a bit behind that. Australia's a bit behind that. So to have it out here, and I feel like the the quality of what's happening out here is higher uh, right now mm. than it's ever been, and um, yeah. the appetite for something interesting from somewhere else like Australia that isn't the typical stuff that you you know they've only ever got Fosters and occasionally you get some VB or something out here. That's as far as it went. So yeah. to be able to get some craft beer, you know, I don't know if the LCBO gets anything. Period. Even when I saw La Seren out here, I lost my mind. I was like, this is wild. I, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. So, and they sent a saison. So it was something that um, the the uh, SAQ has a bullshit rule where they keep the stock for twelve weeks in their warehouse. So what you would probably have to do to get it in it would not be any hoppy beers. It would be your porter or something like that. 
or a star yeah, yeah. or something that yeah. will be able to last that three months on on a shelf, yeah. like a saison or whatever. But I feel like bringing the saison to the land of saisons is kind of boring. Um, yeah, I, and probably ambitious. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like things like a hazelnut brown are only a stout converted Yeah, Maybe, something like uh, that, man. And, and it's it's really cool when they have the good selection. They don't have a lot of beers in most SAQs. Yeah. Uh, out here so i feel like it will stand out if there's something that you know, looks like your beers do and it's from australia like people get excited about that stuff so oh uh yeah, check me up i'll send um, him a message since we're done in winter and even have a chat about it so yeah i'd love to send something up it's just funny yeah let's see where it goes yeah man i love it yeah let's take the thumbnail actually uh i gotta do that whilst we're online live because the uh the software looks bad so if you don't hold up a couple cans so we can see some branding there all right. We do. We let you know. It's all about branding, as you know. Here we go. Right? Yeah. Legend. Look at us. Gorgeous, Derek. Look at that, mate. Dude, I appreciate you, bro. This is great. I'm really glad we got to do it. Like I said, I would have preferred to do it in person, but it is what it is. Um, we know where we can find you. So stick around after I end the podcast part, then we end the live, then it would be you and me on Skype for a sec. Um, so man, appreciate you, everybody go cop that. If you're in North America, go hassle Derek to see like, Hey man, can you, can I buy some merch and can you send it out to me? Cause the merch is fire. I'm sure you'll figure that out for the postage. Um, guys, if you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell. So you know, when the new new drops, follow us on social media at BOS podcast. So check out the low form audio so you can hear extraordinarily attractive immigrants like Derek talk about craft beer all across the world. That's it, y'all. We'll see you in the next episode. Get in, yeah. Cheers.